Hello and welcome to the latest edition of the FT Advisor podcast. I'm Damien Fantato, Deputy Editor of Financial Advisor. After complying with MIFID 2 and GDPR recently, advisors will be well familiar with deadlines. Well, another one is looming with the senior managers and certification regime just three weeks away from taking effect. The regime, which is aimed at improving accountability across the financial services industry, will mean firms will have to tell the Financial Conduct Authority who is responsible for what within their firms. So this week, we're here with Michael Pashley, Group Training and Knowledge Manager at Simply Biz. Hello, Michael. Hello there. And Ian Cornwall, Director of Regulation at PIMFA. Hi, Damon. To discuss how advisors are doing at complying with the regime and what comes next. So, Michael, you've been travelling around the country to talk to advisors about uh, SMCR. How do you feel they're getting on with it? The first thing to note is that SMCR is it's certainly not a piece of light touch regulation or just a tweak to the old rules. And there are some, some complexities to it. But broadly speaking, once our firms have engaged with us and they understand what to do, it's entirely doable. And we expect most of our members and clients to be SMNCR ready on the 9th of December. And Ian, do you have any uh, indication, of, uh, anecdotally at least, about how advisors are getting on? Yeah, we've had a project in place for some time and um, we've issued a, quite a lot of support material. We've, it's taken the form of a supplement to FCA's own guide and we've updated that um, throughout the duration of the project. So we last updated it in October, I think, on version 3 or 4. We've cross-checked quite a lot with firms, particularly in recent months, I think it's pretty fair to say that from about September onwards, the queries that we've been having on SMCR have been very firm-specific. And even this week, I was checking with some uh, compliance guys from uh, smaller firms, and the impression we've really had from about September onwards is that our firms are cracking on with it. So most of the queries we've been getting are very much down to specific set of circumstances or issues, very firm-specific. And the general sort of queries that maybe we were getting 12 months ago died away over the summer. So the, all the feedback we're getting is that firms are cracking on with it and um, we're not getting feedback to any great extent that they're going to miss the deadline. And Michael, is that your experience as well? Is it quite firm-specific stuff at this stage? Um, yes, I would say so. Uh, a lot of what we're talking to our firms about is their specific statements of responsibilities, specifically the other responsibilities side of things. So yes, in that way, it would be very firm-specific. Mm -hmm. And Michael, if you haven't done anything at this stage, is it too late? Are you basically up the creek? Certainly not. Certainly not. We are, um, at the time this goes out, which would be November the 22nd, there is still plenty of time in order to get yourself ready for this. If you're in a relatively small firm, you should be able to maybe spend the better part of a day getting ready for this. Obviously, you're not going to be able to change the whole culture of your firm within a day. But in terms of completing the paperwork, in terms of doing what you need to do in terms of the physical steps you need to take in order to be compliant with this new legislation come the 9th of December, it is entirely doable. Would you agree? Yeah, but I don't think you can ignore it. And even if you're going to miss the deadline, you're going to have to make sure you're cracking on to get, get there or thereabouts as quickly as possible. We, we think, for example, one of the concerns we've had is it's quite easy for larger firms to get a sense check of what FCA expects in terms of SMR because the banks have been through it and the smaller banks don't, in terms of their structure, ball structure and so on, to some extent mirror the larger firms. So there's some more stories we can pick up on. The smaller firms, the small um, financial advisors, the two partnerships, the three-man partnerships, 
it's still pretty hard to get a sense about from FCA what their expectations are. And we've it's the one area that we've been pushing FCA for some time to say we think this is the one area in terms of your project where you, you still really have not really given us a sense of what you expect to see if you walk through the door of a financial advisor in terms of the SMR space. So I suspect as it settles down, that's an area that may change. But that particular point has been a, a, an issue for us, I think. Mm-hmm. And for smaller firms, Ian, it's relatively light touch, as I, as I understand. It's difficult to know. We expect, so if you take the DCO letter, um, outlining uh, key areas financial planners is, is not out yet. We're expecting it imminently. Whether that's this month or next month, I don't know. But we were quite surprised when we looked at the DCO letter for wealth managers and stockbrokers that there was no mention of SMCRs being a key issue. Will it be light touch? Well, the number of thematic reviews FCA has done recently is very low. I think what will happen is SMCR will be a factor that FCA automatically looks at if things go wrong with your firm. So, for example, if you have a problem in a particular area, they will automatically look at what, which senior manager was responsible and what evidence was there to certify this advisor and so on and so forth. So it's light touch, but I think you ignore it at your peril. And one of the things we... Th- There's not many enforcement cases generally on SMCR out at the moment, but one of the things I suspect that the enforcement cases, when they um, do start coming through, it will highlight quite clearly the responsibilities of the senior players within firms for their staff. So if you've certified an individual who has subsequently raised questions in the minds of regulation about the fitness and propriety, the individual that signed that in, uh, person off will, I believe, subject to scrutiny. So what evidence do you look at? How did you form that view? So I think it will bring home to the senior players and organisations that they really are on the hook. And I think that it may take a few enforcement cases, unfortunately, to uh, bring that home. Mm-hmm. Would you agree with that, Michael? Whether the SMCR is light touch on smaller firms, I'm, I'm not sure I would. The FCA has uh, effectively split the SMCR into, into three tiers, so to speak. So limited scope, core and enhanced, um, with really the top 1% of firms fitting into this enhanced tier. And the differences between limited scope and core, so most companies and even the, the, the very little ones, which would be limited scope, so your sole traders and limited permission consumer credit firms, the differences between them isn't that massive. For example, both still need to get trained on the conduct rules. Both will still have conduct rules notification requirements. Both will still need to write statements of responsibilities. The real key difference between the smaller firms and even much larger core firms is that there will be no prescribed responsibilities for these very small firms. Um, however, the differences between core and limited scope aren't that massive. Yeah, I don't have any limited firms in my membership, so mine are all core and enhanced. Our project's very much been geared at core and enhanced, so that limited firms we've, we've not looked at at all. Mm-hmm. Right, okay. So that would be the difference, I think, between Simply Biz and, and PIMFA. Mm-hmm. Uh, we do not deal with any uh, enhanced firms, purely the limited scope and the core, and the differences between the two is not a lot. But I would completely agree with you that there is a huge difference between core and enhanced. Okay. And Michael, the deadline on the 9th of December isn't the end of the story, is it? There are going to have to be more things that advisors will have to do over the the coming weeks and months as they sort of gradually comply with this. Uh, Tell me a bit about that. Okay, so there's going to be things that firms will need to do by the 9th of December this year. There's going to be firms that things that firms need to do by the 9th of December next year. And then there's going to be things that firms need to do on an ongoing basis. And this is confirmed in policy statement 1814. By the 9th of December this year, the first thing they need to do, if a 
The firm has not done anything yet for SMNCR. The conversation begins here. You need to establish if you are going to be core, limited scope, or enhanced. And you can do that in a number of different ways. Obviously, our firms can come to us and we can tell them. But also, you've got a firm checker tool. The FCA has provided a free firm checker tool to uh, just basically a set of questions that firms can answer, and then it will spit out at the end, you are a limited scope firm, or you are a core firm, or you are an enhanced firm. And also, you can use page four of policy statement 1814 to help you as well, because that defines who's going to be limited scope, who's going to be core, who's going to be enhanced. Once you've established that, you now know how you can prepare. So by the 9th of December this year, once you've done that, you need to have established who in your firm is going to be a senior manager, an SMS, and who is going to be a certification employee. And those people, senior managers and certification staff, need to have been trained on the conduct rules in a way which is individual to their roles. So there could be no sheep dipping. You can't put financial advisors and power planners and admin staff all in the one room and give them the same training. That's not what this is about at all. Also, by the 9th of December, firms will need to, or the senior managers rather, will have needed to have written their statements of responsibilities out. By the 9th of December next year, what they're going to need to have done is effectively the certification regime. They're going to have needed to sign off all their certification staff as fit and proper to perform the role. And they do that, but with the first thing they try to fit and proper test, and they then have to issue a physical certificate to the certification staff to say that you are fit and proper. And there's very specific wording that needs to be on that certificate. We provide a, a kind of a template certificate. The wording is very specific, and it is referenced in the Financial Services and Markets Act, Section 63F. As I mentioned, that wording needs to be pretty tight and cover, so broadly speaking, it just needs to cover the certification functions, the specific certification functions and also the aspects of the firm's business in which those certification functions are being carried out. And that's not forgetting the directory as well that needs to be updated. If I can just watch from one document, we found that firms found FCA's guide. They've actually published a guide. So going back to your question for firms done nothing, um, the first thing they should probably read is FCA's guide to solo regulated firms because that is written in reasonably plain English and is not a bad starting point to start getting up to grips with this issue. And Ian, do you feel that the certification element is going to be as much work or more work than, than this element that was sort of three weeks away? Well, it's not the certification is not immediately before the 9th of December. You've got a year to populate the, what will be called the directory. Again, it depends how many employees you've got. But if you've got a, uh, all the feedback we've had is actually it's taking the, the firms are in it. They underestimated how much resource and time it took to um, to do the certification regime. So and also. You need to look at timing because a lot of firms now do it on a 10-month cycle so that if someone's not completed CPD, I don't know, maybe they're ill or there's other issues that need to be ironed out before you can certify them. You've got a bit of a window, so that's annually. A lot of firms are, are, are looking to make sure that they have a system in place that gives them some time to address any shortcomings before the actual deadline itself comes to fruition. So having a look at the timing, having a look at how you actually evidence the fact you're certifying someone, all those sort of issues are things you can start thinking about now. Uh, for smaller firms with a limited number of staff, it, it won't be such an issue. But I do think the timing issue is relevant whether you've got a large number of staff or not. You need to give yourself some time if um, problems can arise to correct them before the deadline. 
And Michael, do you think there's a risk that people get to the 10th of December and they think, OK, well, that's the senior manager regime done now, and they sort of move on to something else and they sort of forget about other elements that are coming up? OK, uh, firms do need to do things on an ongoing basis, and this isn't just something that, that can be done and then forgotten about. This is a completely new accountability regime. And I think it would be fair to say that there are constant reminders here. For example, firms will need to report any disciplinary action taken for conduct rule breaches for non-senior managers on an annual basis via a new Gabriel report. Now, for some firms, this will mean that they're going to need to jump onto Gabriel another time, an extra time in the year. In addition to that, firms will need to be certifying their staff. So this is their certification staff, but also they're going to need to assess as fit and proper their senior managers and their non-executive directors on an annual basis. So I think it's fair to say there's no hiding from this. It's not going to go away once it's in place. This is completely taking over the approved persons regime. The approved persons regime is not going to be here anymore. This is going to be the regulatory regime. What the FCA has done by introducing SMNCR is that it's actually made it easier for advisors to behave in the way the FCA expects and deliver the level of competence the FCA expects. So, Ian, if I understand correctly, the, the, um, the, the firms will effectively become the regulators for many of their staff? Well, effectively, they're in the start. Well, they're effectively the people that um, have to satisfy themselves on an ongoing basis that people remain fit and proper. And, of course, the senior managers, the standard behaviour that FCA expects actually is slightly wider than for certificated staff. So they've been very clear that they're looking at behaviour in the round. So they're looking at sort of the way senior managers actually behave in the office. So things like sexual harassment issues and stuff like that are factors that FCA think should be taken into account. So it's not just the role of senior manager purely in the context of delivering regulated activities. And FCA has been very public on that. But, yes, it's all about ownership. But it's the key point to get across is that if you're certifying someone, you are very much on the hook if it goes wrong. You've got to be clear about the evidence and the judgments you made. There was an anecdotal story um, that I heard from one of the law firms where they came across an issue where somebody was perfectly comfortable certifying someone up to about lunchtime, but he wasn't comfortable in certifying the individual in the afternoon. It brought forward, you know, he was an individual with a drink problem, etc. So in larger firms, it's brought out some sort of, some issues that perhaps should have been addressed for long but haven't. And again, it depends how FCA... I do think FCA will look quite carefully in enforcement actions in Section 166s if problems arise about the role of the senior management. What, what should they have known? What did they know? And particularly where they're in the hook for signing off on people. So it is an area that's hard to predict how it pan out. The other point to note is SMCR, as Michael said earlier, is unusual in the sense it's not entirely an FCA piece of work. It is driven by statute in large part. So the Treasury, it'd be interesting to see the extent to which Treasury um, ha- have an interest in it. I think the Treasury's been very bank-centric, so extent to which they'll look at the impact on financial advisors is unknown. But there are some politics as well around it that may or may not play out. I think the other point is it, it depends how FCA, there's a lot of noise at the moment, but it's hard to predict how it was two or three years ago. If you've been around a long time like me, there was equal noise 20 years ago when training competence came in place and firms invested a lot of money in the TNC schemes and so on. And the reality is the then FS, FS, FSA and then now FSA have then never really looked at it. So I think they will look at this. It, certainly while Bailey's in charge of FSA, they will because he's very keen on it. And what do you think in the, the longer term impacts are going to be in terms of culture and uh, uh, the way advice firms are run? I think that's difficult to predict. I think the main thing it will bring home to firms, whether they're large or small, 
that um, we really will be held to account for the actions of your staff and the actions of your firm. And that doesn't, not in a negative sense, but we want to see the judgments you've made, the evidence you've used. And if issues do arise, you can't brush them under the carpet. And I think one of the things we've, we've been nervous about is making sure that firms realise that in complying with the FSMCR, they're not necessarily implied, doesn't automatically mean you're complying with employment laws. And for most firms, it'll, you know, if it gets messy, it's once every 10 years or more. But maybe some thinking about what happens if I can't sign off someone that's fit and proper for whatever reason in terms of the certification regime, what does that actually mean? Some of that war game does actually raise some quite tricky issues, which you're probably best thinking about giving some thought to in advance rather than when it does arise. And Michael, what do you think the longer terms of SMCR are going to be on on the way an, an advice firm runs itself or the culture of an advice firm? I would say that it's all going to be positive. Uh, genuinely, I think this is going to be positive. I think that what this has done is it, I've, I've already said it today, this has just made it easier for advisors to behave in the way the FCA expects and deliver the level of competence the FCA expects. So by holding people, by creating the system that enables individuals at all levels, right from the most senior manager down to the most junior administrator, to be held to account for what they do and what they say, people are going to think twice about what they do and what they say and make sure they are acting with both competence and good conduct. And would you agree with Ian on, on the issue of culture and things like sexual harassment, that this is going to reach into those sorts of issues as well? You're never going to be able to stamp out you know, and stop some people doing bad things. You're always going to get some issues. But what the FCA has said in terms of uh, FIT, which is the part of the handbook which deals with assessing fitness and propriety, one of those aspects is honesty, integrity and reputation. And that does not mean that you are necessarily a good or a bad advisor or anything like that. It is to do with how honest you are. Do you do the right thing when no one else is looking? And do you have a good reputation? And if you're doing bad things that you shouldn't be doing that are potentially criminal, that is clearly not acting with honesty, integrity, and it's certainly not going to do anyone this your reputation. Well, it's going to be interesting to see how this pans out over the next uh, few weeks and months. Thank you both for taking part. Thank you, Ian. Pleasure. And thank you, Michael. Thanks very much. Great. And thank you very much for listening and tune in again next week. Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello? Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Here at Bellingcat, we get to the bottom of things. From a global crisis to an underreported event, we find the facts using publicly available tools and resources, uncovering what is hidden on and below the surface. We connect the dots using social media posts, satellite images, and public records, and empower others to do the same by sharing how we do it. The ability to do so is only made possible by our readers, supporters, and community members. Care to join us? Learn how at bellincat.com.